Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100wattsandawire.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Yes, sir. Hello and uh, good day to you. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing all right. You survived the 100 watts in a wire antenna tune-up. The tune-up made a switch to focus on the antenna this time around, this spring. I hope you enjoyed it. Man, I tell you, it really is the intersection of life and amateur radio. I booked these things, put them on my calendar way in advance, right? Forgot that Mama Bear is studying, and I'm running a... uh, Zone defense with my two little ones. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. In other words, my wife is out of town for several weeks, and I'm like, oh, yeah, antenna tune-up, right. Daddy, can you fix my tire? You know, it's all that. And, of course, we say family first, so. My antenna tune-up was full of other things, But, uh, you know, we put it out there for you to have an activity you can get on the air. It's something to look forward to. Put it on your schedule. Sometimes that's the best way for me to get in the seat is to schedule the time. You may hear the old boys on the radio talking about, yeah, I got a skid with Junior right around uh, 8 o'clock, you know, on a certain band and they uh, meet up. And maybe that's a really good idea, you know, as life gets so busy. But for me, the tune-up was uh, uh, hanging out with my daughters and also working on an antenna. So that counts, right? Yeah. But we, uh, we'll do this again. We'll actually do the fallout in October. And uh, I have the dates here. I just have to pull those up and see if I have them close by. I probably don't. But uh, this one, we encourage you to go portable. And look, in the springtime again, you know, the whole idea of the tune-up is to get active, exercise your gear, your body, and prepare for field day. I was thinking, look, field day is going to come along and I'm signed up with the club and maybe I'm uh, launching uh, the potato gun and, you know. Maybe that's my job for that day, and I I won't even run until later in the evening. So having a tune-up that happens a couple of weeks before, maybe you have your own antenna that you've been building you want to put on the air and uh, practice. You know, so that's why we do these activities. Now, you don't have to be portable. Not everybody's got a portable station. We get that. You can always operate from the uh, luxury of your own Shack, and this time of year, depending on where you are, you know, it can get hot. You know, we've had a couple of 90 degree days here for sure. Here's the dates for October October 11th 
through the 13th, it will be the 100 watts in a wire fallout. Uh, put it on your calendar now, and uh, if it fits into your schedule, get on the air. Take your uh, equipment, get outside, even if you're in a park uh, or your backyard. Doesn't matter, but you can read about that at 100wattsandawire.com. We've got some time, but it's our second activity days will be scheduled for October. Thank you to all who participated this time around in the tune-up. And don't forget to visit the website, click the activities page, and submit your entry for the random drawing. There's some prizes there. We've got the rest of this week. And come the weekend, uh, we will pick the winners and notify them and probably announce them on the show next week. There you go. A lot of excitement here in St. Louis. Of course, the St. Louis Blues. If you're not following along, if you're not a hockey fan, the St. Louis Blues have never gotten to the Stanley Cup final to, you know, didn't even uh, win a game until this year in the uh, in the finals. And now headed to Game 7 against the mighty Boston Bruins with a rich tradition and history there in Boston. But this city is hype right here. Game 7. So we're excited for them. Uh, depending on when you listen... They may be the champions. The Bruins may have been the champions. So let's record uh, two endings here. So if you're listening uh, in real time, no one has won the Stanley Cup. If you listen after Wednesday, congratulations to the Boston Bruins for winning the Stanley Cup. Or congratulations to the St. Louis Blues for winning the Stanley Cup, their first ever in history. I don't know when you're listening. You should be listening in real time. You need to get yourself together so I don't have to record alternate endings for you. And then you just plug in whatever one fits. If you're a St. Louis Blues fan, we win. How about that? We just win. But the town is hype, man. It is really hype. I think I I wish the media would stop. I just... All right, here we go. I'm brand new to the hockey thing. I remember the USA team. You know, I'm talking like 1980 Olympics, Miracle on Ice. I remember all this. It was my first exposure to hockey. But, you know, more of a baseball guy. You know, played baseball, played a little soccer, played some tennis. Uh, Hockey could never skate. But I, you know, appreciated the game. And I got to say, this year jumped onto the bandwagon. Because this team was in last place, and then they've come all the way back to get. If there is a Cinderella story, and I know my listeners and friends in the Boston area are rolling their eyes, but listen, they were in last place. Four months ago, they were in last place. They've come all the way back to now a Game 7 against the Bruins. So they've got good reason here in the city to be excited I've jumped on the bandwagon. I've got a hat. I know. I know I've jumped on it, but I'll be there next year no matter what. I'll be there next year no matter what. It's been exciting to watch. They've been streaky and inconsistent every other game. Uh, They lose one. They win. They lose. They win. And that's just what's happening here. And no one really is talking about the St. Louis Cardinals because they're kind of like... And I believe that uh, by uh, mid-June, you know what your baseball team is. Well, I knew back in April that the Baltimore Orioles, my team, you know, the, the team that 
Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, Cal Ripken Jr., Eddie Murray, all the greats helped to build. Jim Palmer. I knew they were out of it in uh, right around the first week of April when the season started. That's a different rant. I don't want to get into that. But uh, being here in St. Louis, it's great that they have the blues to look at now because the Cardinals are just sort of, you know, everybody loves the Cardinals here. It's a baseball city, blah, blah, blah. But the Cardinals are not really, you know, you know, you know. So anyway, I did uh, spend some time working on an antenna, my hex beam. And I want to talk to you all about that. I've got a couple of other things we want to do. I want to introduce you to Soda, Summits on the Air. Ed, DD5LP, took the time to help put a package together that will help explain a little bit more what Soda is. Also, Paul is going to file a report. Uh, he interviewed the Hamsai guys at the Dayton Hamvention. We'll play that this week as well. And uh, I guess, let's see, I've been talking to you long enough, maybe... Let me just talk to you a little bit before I take a break, and we'll come back and we'll hear from the guys. The Hex Beam. A few years ago, loved it. I mean, I, w- I loved it. I've always been a little bit intimidated because it had been up 30 feet on a um, aluminum pole, a, lo- a few 10-footers, and uh, it was bent. On day one, this thing was pulled where they connected. There was a bolt through it. It was pulled up, and it was kind of bent. Completely safe. It had uh, guys. But, you know, it took two people to get it down. I had an improper tilt on the thing. Improper being, it, uh, the tilt I was using was from DX Engineering, and it was made for vertical antennas. This was not the intended use for this, and the uh, weight was probably too much. It was high. You had to actually lift it up out of this uh, tilt, you know, because it would settle in, click in there. And you'd have to lift it up, man. And so you had this 20-foot wingspan of an antenna, 30 feet high with a rotor at the top. And it was not a one-man show. And I could not get, you know, I don't have any friends. Oh, damn. I just needed a little help. Cut the damn recording. We'll come back to it. Huh? <clears throat> I just uh, could not match up a time with the maker or anyone else. And so it was just up there, and it needed maintenance, and things were blowing around in the storms, and it does really well because it's just wire, and the wind whips through it, you know. And every now and again, uh, one of these support ropes, the support ropes that kind of make it look like the umbrella, the inverted umbrella, you know, these ropes go across the top to kind of pull the ends of it up and give it that inverted umbrella shape, if you will. The design on these things are not great. They gallop off. They're just like little S hooks. And if things get, you know, a little jumpy, they spring off. And so the next thing you know, my, my antenna is starting to pancake out a little bit. And this is what I did during my uh, tune-up over the weekend. With a little help from Steve, W7UDI, who was telling me, look, you could do some kind of rigid pipe, but it's going to make the thing heavier. So maybe a winch, you know, get a winch. And I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. This is st- 
totally starting to make sense with me now because I don't have to walk this thing up. And um, so I did. I took the whole thing down, took it down by myself because, you know, over Thanksgiving, uh, Pop was in town and he helped me out. And we brought this down. We took out the bent section of the original pipe, which brought it down to like, you know, 15 feet. In the end, you know, 15, 20 tops, really. But it was more like 15. And it looked great. It was straight. It's just not really high enough. And I'm thinking, while conditions are the way they are, don't, don't, you know, let's just start the project. And as the uh, budget came in, I was putting some money aside, a little bit aside to buy the pipe. You know, you're looking at about $150 uh, in pipe there for three 10-foot sections, an uh, inch and a half. Uh, pipe and it took me a while you know I was thinking about it over the winter put a little dough aside got it bought the pipe let the pipe sit uh, DX engineering does have a proper tilt for this sort of thing because it yeah I forgot the numbers but it's not this big jacked up one there was one that they've got for like 400 bucks I'm like oh no way and you know <coughs> sorry there's some little lingering coughing I guess I'm talking so much, I'll get a drink of coffee. Go ahead and treat yourself. Mm, rag brew. Rag brew. The one under Watson Wire. Coffee. Rag brew. I'll work it out. It's on the list. I don't know. You drink coffee? Okay. Buy a pound of it. And, you know, I won't have to worry about these tilts. So I have all the pieces, basically. I just need... Now I'm all frogged up. <clears throat> Isn't that interesting? John Miller, the Hall of Fame uh, broadcaster, I carried his bags a couple of times in Baltimore. He was there for, I think, 13 or 14 years calling Oriole play-by-play. He's been in uh, San Francisco with the Giants ever since, and he's just my favorite. Well, he would just have hot water, and I would think, why do you have hot water? And it was to get the nasty out of his throat if he ever got uh, hemmed up like that. And I don't do any kind of creamer in my coffee, so it's just black. So I get the coffee and I get the hot water effect. You know, when I work, it'll open up the pipes. Good deal. Thank you, John Miller, Hall of Famer. Appreciate the insight. Now, I've got the tools, everything but the winch. I ordered a winch, and I'm waiting for it to come in. I should have just gone to pick it up. It's ridiculous. It's taken forever. Um, but, you know, I'm fixing to work on this thing here in the next week and get it up there with the winch, pull it up, and see where we are. But that was really how... And it's good, though. I could see the process. Quite frankly, when I helped, I assisted putting this thing up originally, and I really didn't know what was happening. I was just like, can you get me... You know, and I had been a helper before with my father. You know, give me the screwdriver. Can you go hand me that piece of pipe? Can you give me this? Can you dig the hole and bury the thing? You know, it's like that, but you don't really understand the process disassembling it and taking it down you can learn the process which is good and that's for me it's a learning experience as a ham now i understand what it means and what you should do and think about and how you should run the cable to the rotor how you should run the coax why you run it this way so you get to break it down and start over and my last point here was uh, a couple of years ago i was nutty it would have made me mental to take down the hex beam and not have it. You know what I mean? 
And I can tell I've got some growth now because I take the hex beam down and I don't care. I don't care. Because I was at the point where I was going to take it down permanently. I was going to, I was at the point, like this is straight up life. I was at the point where I was going to take this thing down myself. And if I had a problem with it coming down, I was cool with letting it crash. Like letting it clear of people, clear of everything. Just if I can't control it, it's on the way down and it busts up. I'll pull off the rotor. I'll take off the pipe and I'll put up a 17 meter antenna and I'll be done with it. Forget it. I was there, y'all. And it wasn't that long ago, frankly. It really wasn't because the debris from the trees, you know, any sort of um, these support ropes, man. If anybody is building these things, radio waves or whoever, I hope that they figured out a better way to keep the supporting ropes that make the ends go up like that umbrella so they're not galloping all the time in every storm. It is a gigantic pain in the ass to have to bring it down, and it is disheartening when you walk past it and your antenna is pancaking out. You know, like flattening out, or one, two, or three sides are up and one's hanging down like, oh, I just tried. I just tried so hard I couldn't do it. I just could not do it. And all it would take is a more creative way to connect these things instead of the s-hook the s-hook just doesn't you know it works but you know now many of you are saying look you should be bringing that antenna down every year now give it some little bit of maintenance and deal with this shut your mouth just shut your mouth i don't want to hear it you're not over here bob you're not over here just go back over to jimmy's house you should be bringing down that antenna now. Cleaning up that coax and get that new, new tape up there. Get some tape on it. Put a little tape on it. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Bob. Shut your mouth. Your dirty mouth. Now, the intersection of life and amateur radio means that, you know, I can't get out there and I just can't bring this pole down. And, it, you know, it's something you got to think about when you got a hex beam. Other people are saying, you don't need to get no rigid pipe, just big old pipe. Just get some aluminum pipe. Shut up, Bob. Shut up. This segment is called Shut Up, Bob. Hey, Bob, shut it. Many, many ways to do things, and uh, I've been well advised. I believe I've been well advised, uh, but sometimes you need more hands. You know, sometimes you're impatient. This time, the antenna's on the ground. I've got it tied off to a tree. It's sitting on a tripod right now. I could plug the coax into it and probably work somewhere, some DX somewhere far away. But uh, I'm going to try and really do this right, get it up there a little bit higher. I'm only going for 30 feet. I'm only going for 30 feet. That would make 20 meters sing, I guess, again. But I can say, if this doesn't go the way I hope it goes, I'm cool with bringing it down. I... I could use the slot in the uh, antenna switcher and play with something else. I could have a spot right there where this hex is if things don't go. There's a lot of great benefits in having the hex beam and having different bands on this hex beam. It's a great antenna. But uh, I can imagine the guys with the Yagis on the towers and doing tower maintenance and getting up there and having to go up to it or having it, you know. I'm a tilt kind of guy. I'm not a climber. I'm really not good to you up at a certain point you know so there you go that was how i spent my 100 watts and wire antenna tune-up weekend i hope you enjoyed yourself i heard some of you guys out there working over the weekend i appreciate that but send in your totals 
and we'll give the prizes away next week. Coming up, we go to intro to Summits on the Air with Ed DD5 LP next. Whether you say 73 or 73, even 73s, we're still 100 watts and a wire. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station up to 1,000 watts. LDG Zero Power Tuners are ideal for portable or mobile use, as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG Tuners are backed by our two-year fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service, the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. From the summit to the shack, this is 100 watts and a wire. Many of you will have heard of Summits on the Air and know what it's about. This short piece for Christian is for those who have heard the term, but that's all. Summits on the Air, or SOTA, is the largest of several award schemes where operators of or contacts with a station on a hill or mountain gain points towards certificates. The operator on the hill is referred to as the activator and the home station as the chaser. On the activation side, there is a lot of portable operation components and often QRP skills involved. Hence, the other special report on 100 watts in a wire on grid down operation is just as relevant to SOTA operation as portable and MCOMs operation. Operation can be on any band, any mode and power that the activator's license allows, but with higher power comes the need for a larger power source as a SOTA station must be separate from any fossil-powered transport, such as a car or motorbike, the power source, usually batteries, have to be carried. Some summits have a long walk or climb involved to get there, so consideration of the weight to be carried becomes a major factor. For the chaser, the station that an activator talks to from the summit, things are a lot easier. These stations use their normal home shack with all the comforts of heating in winter and cooling in summer. There's nothing to be transported anywhere. As the activator needs to contact four stations from his or her summit to be able to claim the points allocated to the summit, the activator needs chasers, but these can be any station. They don't have to be involved in the SOTA program collecting points. The history of SOTA is that it started in 2002 in the UK, mainly using VHF. Since then, however, the award scheme has spread worldwide and is found on LF, MF, HF, VHF, UHF and microwaves everywhere. The scheme is free and based strongly on the principle of trust, as there's no easy way to check an activator's station and in any case, it is not a contest. The person, the activator or chaser is challenging is him or herself. If an activator or chaser cheats, then they're cheating on themselves. How can they cheat anyway? Well, a chaser can claim to have worked an activator, which he, she didn't. This may be checked before an award is issued. An activator may announce that he is on a summit when in fact he is not. In fact, there are occasions when access to the exact summit top is not possible. In Bavaria, for example, the very top of a hill or mountain is a favourite place to build a church. Often, cell phone towers are on the exact summit, within a secured area. 
In such cases, the activation zone rule comes in and the activator is allowed to set up within 25 vertical metres of the summit and anywhere within this area is accepted as being the summit for the definition of SOTA. All contacts in SOTA have to be made simplex or direct. No repeaters are allowed, with one exception. Contacts via amateur radio satellites are allowed. Summits are identified through a numbering scheme, a catalogue of approved summits within a region, within an association, where an association is normally a country or for larger countries a state. So, which summits come into the catalogue and which not, and how are the points allocated? The summits for an association country need to meet the prominence rule for that association. This is normally 150 metres, but a few associations have their value set to 100 metres. What is prominence? It's a way to measure how much higher to the surrounding land a hill or mountain is. To have 150 metres prominence, starting from the top of the summit, you must be able to walk down 150 vertical metres in every direction before the land starts to rise again. In mountaineering and hill walking terms, it's the altitude difference down to the col. Point allocation is based on the number of qualifying summits in an association where a percentage the highest summits get the highest value of 10 points, right down to the lowest group with just one point. The points do not reflect how difficult it is to get to the summit. I have had several one-point summits that have been more difficult to reach than some other 10-point ones. What about gear? Well, for the chaser, it's whatever you already have in your shack. And for the activator, actually, to start with, it's also what you have. Before you know whether you are going to like doing SOTA, the advice is to take what you have that you can carry and don't mind using out in the open. If you decide you like the buzz of the pile-up that you'll get on most activations, that you like combining walking in the fresh air and operating radio, then you can look at improving your setup. The first factor you will look at is weight. After all, you will have to carry everything with you, from where you park your transport to where you operate from. So, the lighter the better. Compact is also good. If it can all go into one small rucksack, that's great. The largest and possibly heaviest item you will take with you is the antenna and its mast. But this doesn't have to be the case. Simply throwing a resonant, end-fed wire up into a convenient tree equates to a compact lightweight antenna for HF activation. Even simpler is a handy talkie with its standard rubber ducky antenna, but you'll soon want to change that antenna to something better to talk further away. Operation. How does a normal activation go? Well, before you even leave for the summit, most activators will post an alert on the SOTAWATCH website to indicate an estimated time you expect to start operation along with the band and mode. In this way, there will be some chasers waiting for you, or rather, they will be waiting for you to put up another record into the SOTAWATCH cluster site, a spot record. Whereas on the DX cluster, it is rather poo-pooed for someone to post information about their own operation, on the SOTA cluster, it is the expected practice. OK, so you've arrived on the summit, found a good spot to operate from, put down your gear and taken a drink of water and perhaps something to eat after the long walk. You now set up the antenna and radio gear and take a listen around the band to make sure everything is working. On your smartphone, if you have coverage with data, you take a look in one of the several apps 
which display the spots from other activators who are out on summits and go and see if you can hear them. This is the holy grail of SOTA activations. If you can get a contact with another activator, this is called a summit to summit contact, which not only counts as one of the four contacts you need to qualify your summit to get the points, it also counts towards your chaser totals and your S2S totals. There are different levels of award certificates for all three classes, Chaser, Activator and Summit to Summit, as well as an SWL section in the SOTA award scheme. OK, so you did or did not make contact with another activator. Now it's time for you to start gathering contacts. You tune around, find a free frequency on the band you decided you will operate on. Check it's free a couple of times, and then via your smartphone, put up a spot on SOTA Watch, giving your summit code, mode, and frequency. This you can only do with a data link to the internet. If you have no internet connectivity, there is an SMS system that takes spots as well. If you have no cell signal at all, but you are using CW, the reverse beacon network may pick up your CQ call, match it against that alert you put on SOTA Watch before you left, and generate a spot on SOTA Watch for you. If you are running SSB or digital rather than CW, you do not have this reverse beacon network option, and you will need to search and pounce any stations to get at least the four that you require so that you are granted the summit points to your activator totals. Let's assume you have managed to get a spot up on SOTA Watch by one of the methods though. Put out a long CQ and have your logbook and pen, or digital logbook, ready as you release the PTT or Morse key, as you will most likely be flooded with calls, especially if you are on HF. If you have ever wanted to be the other side of a de-expedition pile-up, this is an easy way to get that experience. You may need to learn the skills of a DX operator, picking out the call signs from the mass of noise, or just taking calls from certain areas. E.g. in my case from Europe, VKZL only this time please. OK, now North America, and so on. We don't work split in SOTA, but it's about the only thing that separates a busy SOTA activation from a rare de-expedition. Of course, as an activator, you could just take the needed four calls and then go QRT, pack up and head home. But most activators try to work all the chasers they can hear, even though they don't get any more points for all the work. But they are giving out the points for the summit to each and every chaser that they log. There's also that chance that another activator finds you or sees your spot and comes to your frequency to call you. From that contact, both activators gain points. As I said, the S2S contact is the holy grail of SOTA. You'll find normally that once you say, I want the S2S caller please, that the noise dies down and all the chasers wait until you complete the S2S contact, after which the melee returns. I can't cover all the rules in this short piece, but I hope I have whet your appetite to go and find out more, and the best place to do that is the network of SOTA websites, starting at the top with www.sota.org.uk 73 from Ed, DD5LP, SOTA Sherpa for 2018-19 My thanks to Ed, DD5LP, for an introduction to Summits on the Air. Next week, one of the most famous Summits on the Air activators, the GOAT, WG0AT, will take us on a trail talk. He's going to take us up there on the summit and talk to us about what he's doing. The greatest 
of all time. That's what I would be saying. I mean, it would be as pretentious and goofy as you want it to be. But he's really well known for packing up his goats. And they carry equipment up to the summit for him. So we'll hear from Steve next week as he takes us for a Summits on the Air adventure. My apologies to Paul. We'll get to the uh, ham size stuff from Dayton. We'll do that in the next episode. Time slipped away. Sing it, Willie. Sing it. Ain't it funny how time slips away when you get caught up talking about that hex beam. And uh, a new segment I'm excited about, Shut Up Bob. Shut Up Bob is going to be an exciting segment. Can't wait to bring that to you at least a couple of times a month. Ah, Jimmy. He started a segment. Ah, called Shut Up Bob. What's that, Bob? Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.